Maybe factual, maybe cruel, but everybody 
commercials. They see in our food industry commercials. They sell you this sandwich on TV that don't look nothing like the sandwich that ends up in your bag. You see in a designer clothes, a $30 pair of jeans, if you just put a different name on it, we'll pay $130 for the same pair of jeans. That the athletic shoes will. You're not even an athlete, but if they tell it to you just right, you'll pay $300 for a pair of shoes that don't have an athletic bone in your body. And oh Lord, we don't want to talk about the elections. If they just tell you some stuff, you will elect an absolute idiot. That's not even who they say they are. So that's why they spend so much money on advertising because they know y'all gonna come get this stuff. They know you'll believe whatever I keep telling you and you're gonna vote for me. I can even convince you that you can be like Mike. And get your five foot self <laughs> some air joy. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that Satan is a con artist. He's a colonizer. He's a criminal. And he's a capitalist. He's a pimp. He's a prostitute. He's a pusher, he's a politician, and even sometimes he's a preacher. Satan is a social media influencer, you see. He's an advertiser, he's an identity thief. He sells false insurance, and he specializes in pharmaceuticals. He depends on us playing the fool. He depends on the premise that there's a sucker born every minute. He makes his living from it. Anything we see, hear, feel, touch, or taste long enough, the devil knows we'll be a sucker for it. We'll be fooled by it. But I came out to tell you this afternoon, do not fall for the BS. Now, you all know I don't use profanity. So you know that BS is going to stand for something else right here, right? Y'all yeah, yeah, know me. But pastor, what does this have to do with motives? This month, our theme is level up your motives. Level up your motives. Your motives. Motives is a reason for doing something, especially one that's hidden or not obvious. It's from the Latin word mover, which means to move. What makes you move? What is the true cause of what you do, of what you say, of how you maneuver? or how and when you act or interact. In other words, why? Why? What is your why? Not that made up why, not the rational why, not the obvious why, but in the deepest part of your life, in the secret corners of your mind, in the dark crevices of your heart, why? What is your motive? Why do you want to make more money? Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to be a minister? Why did you want to get married? Why do you dress like you do? Why do you want to be that person's friend? 
Why did you choose that career? Why did you say that? Why did you go there? Why did you give them that? Why did you do that? What is your motive? Why do you love them? Why did you want children? Why did you volunteer for that ministry? Why do you stay to yourself? Why do you withhold from God your tithing? Why do you joke and play so much? Why do you give so many compliments? Or why are you so critical? What's your motive? God is concerned about your why because when all else falls away, the only thing that is going to stand alone is your why. So in January, we wanted to be spiritually excellent. In February, we wanted to be physically fit. In March, we wanted to be financially set. In April, we wanted to be emotionally stable and spiritually sound. By May, we wanted to be relationally fruitful. And in June, we wanted to be socially connected. July, we realized that we're going to need some margins if we're going to do all the rest of that stuff. So in August, we figured we need some management because we need management to make sure that we keep these margins. And then we realized that management ain't going to work too good unless we do something about our mornings. And even if we do something about our mornings last week last month we decided I better do something about my mouth but today I want to know God is concerned about your motives let me show you in the Bible it said the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked the Bible says he desires truth in the inward parts the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart that's who he really is. The Bible says that blessed are they who are pure in heart. The Bible said, Jesus said, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? God said the only ones who will ascend are those with clean hands and a pure heart. The Bible says that people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. The Bible says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. And the Bible says that even his word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. The Bible speaks of selfish ambition, evil intent, practicing righteousness just to be seen, people pleasing. He talks about the motives of your heart. He tells us to guard our heart. He tells us be diligent to keep our heart. He even says that you can speak with the tongues of men and of angels. You can even give up your body to be burned, but it's meaningless to God if your motive is not right. And God sent me personally through a season where everything I did and everything I prayed for, he asked me why. Everything I did that I thought I was doing out of love, he asked me why. I would say, God, I want to be anointed. He said, why? And when he first asked me that, I had to admit, I wanted to be anointed so that the people could see the power of God. When the people see the power of God, they're going to know something going on in this church, and then they're going to join the church, and then the church is going to be real big, and then I'll feel like I'm successful. I said, you want to buy that for your friend? Why? You want to spend that much money on that? Why? I told Lord, I want to I wanna weigh 180 pounds. Now, I know y'all say, ooh, that's fat. I just want to weigh 180 pounds. I'll be happy at 180 pounds. If I could just get to 180 pounds, but he asked me. Oh, you get ready to go on another fast? Uh, 
purifying my motives. And he's leveling it up lately because now right in the middle of my worship, every movement I make, he makes me more real. He's making me more honest. He makes he makes me more aware. I was worshiping right over there. Uh, I was worshiping, and, and I, I was getting into it. Y'all know I do my little movements, and I'm all into the song. And he says, are you really in worship? Because the truth of the matter is I know you guys watch me. And if I don't act like I'm into it, it gives a signal that ain't nothing going on. And I want y'all to know that there's something going on. I want y'all to pay attention to this song. I think it'll be helpful for you. And what I'm doing, all of that in my mind, I realize God wanted me to realize you're not even in worship yourself. You're doing that for them to try to get them into worship, but you're not even thinking about the song that you're singing yourself. He's making me more real. He's making me more honest. He's making me more aware because for too many years, I was falling for my own Yes, I didn't know my own heart. Insecurity and pride and rebellion and fear and doubt and bitterness. All of that was, was, was contaminating my motives. And then is the big five. I call them my big five. My worst best frenemies. I got five worst best frenemies. I wrote a book about it. I'm going to publish it one of these days. But mine are the fear of rejection. The fear of failure. The fear of abandonment. The need for approval. And not feeling good enough. Those five things contaminated the way I loved, the gifts I gave, the money I spent. I know I'm in the house. The friends I chased, the way I ministered, the way I dressed, the things I said, my relationships with my family, the things I avoided, the things I refused to do, the opportunities that I missed. It was why I got a PhD in the first place, and it affected how I pastored this church. All of those things poured false information into my head and into my heart, and I fell for the BS. Here's what that stands for. My broken self has belief systems that create blind spots which contaminate my motives. So you need to write this down for yourself. So let me say it to you. Your broken self has belief systems that create blind spots which contaminate your motives. Your broken self has belief systems that create blind spots which contaminate your motives. It starts with the first BS, the broken self. Yeah. Don't fall for the broken self. Yes, we all are born in sin, but y'all, we also are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're born in the image of God with life and time and potential. We are capable of incredible things. We're capable of loving unconditionally and raising great families and creating new and powerful things that make the world better. We're capable of great joy and great peace and lasting happiness. But somewhere in this life, this whole person gets 
gets broken. Most of us don't even make it out of childhood without experiencing the beginnings of the broken self. What broke you? What broke you? Was it when you realized you weren't really wanted? Was it when you found out you weren't mama's favorite? Was it the third time that daddy didn't show up? Or was it the fifth time that y'all had to move? Was it the harsh words from your aunt? Or the violating touch of mom's third boyfriend? All right, was it the teasing of the boys because you were plump? Or the bullying of the girls because you weren't one of the cool kids? Was it the laughs from your classmates because you couldn't read? What broke you? Was your skin too black? Or was it too close to what? Was it your accent? Were you too tall? Were you too short? Or was it watching your parents fight? Or do drugs? Or go to jail? Or all of the above? What broke you? It was a failure. Depression. Anxiety. Poverty. Instability. Was it rejection? Was the abuse? Was it just hard times? Or cruel words? Or unthoughtful words? Or ignorant words? Whatever it was, few of us have been able to avoid the broken self. We live in a fallen world. Sin is in the world. And that causes brokenness. The broken self then begins to make its own conclusions about life. As the scripture says, that mind of the broken self begins to create sophisticated arguments that exalt themselves so that set themselves against the true knowledge of God. I'm just trying to make sense of my broken world. I'm just trying to keep the hurt at bay. I'm just trying not to be hurt again. I'm giving people back. I'm just trying to set up some walls. I got to keep me in a place where it's safe. I need to try to regulate my life and my emotions. I'm just trying to make myself feel better. I'm just trying to get along with these crazy people. I'm just trying to keep myself going every day. I'm trying to find some kind of love, some kind of peace, or just a place to be. I'm trying to make sense of my world. And so now my broken self has some BS of its own. Belief systems. Don't fall for your belief systems. Because they don't come from the truth. They don't come from God. They come from the original BS. They come from the broken self. What is it that you believe that's not true? I know you think it's true. I know you got the proof right in front of you that it's true. But remember, it's a sophisticated argument. Man, if you're intellectual, you know you got all kind of sophisticated arguments. But remember, the heart is deceitful. This kind of thinking is a stronghold. It's a fortress. It's a self-exalted, proud thing. You have to see it next to biblical truth. You got to see it next to the spirit of truth. And to even be able to tell that it's a belief system that's born from the broken self. If you don't line your thoughts up with the truth, you won't even know. 
they would reject me. I believed that nothing I did was ever going to be good enough. I believed that if I didn't please people, I would be abandoned. My broken self believed that no man would ever love me. That if I could overachieve, that maybe I'd be good enough if I kept achieving. But even after getting a PhD, it, it, it wasn't enough. It was never enough. But still, I just got to please people. I have to be right. And then if I'm not right, I got to hide when I'm not right. Got to stay out of sight. Don't speak, neither. Don't bring any attention to yourself. But then at the same time, wanting to be seen and accepted. So I just kept achieving and I kept pushing, kept trying to prove to myself that I was worthy. So I love hard. And if I love hard, maybe they'll love me better. And through all of that stuff, I wasn't being led, I was being driven. Some of y'all got to move from being driven to being led. I wasn't being led. I was being driven. I fell for the BS. I fell for the belief systems that contaminated my motives. Everything I did and everyone I loved was contaminated by the need for their approval. And just trying to get somebody else, Ross, to convince me that I was good. If I love you hard enough and then you love me back, then maybe you'll convince me that I'm good enough. The only value I had was the value you put on me. When I, when I first started preaching, even while I was pastoring, you know when I knew I preached well? When you told me. If you went through that door and nobody said anything as I shook hands, it wasn't good enough. The only I value I had was the value you put on me. And the thing about human beings, the bad thing about that is y'all change every week. But what is your BS? What is your belief system? Is it that people don't like you? Or that you're a bother. Or you got to keep people back because you can't trust anybody. Is it your belief system is, they're not going to hurt me again. Or I can't let them see me weak. Or being embarrassed is the worst thing in the world, so I'm just not going to try. Or I can't do what other people do. Here, here's this one. This is just who I am. Or it's never going to happen for me. Some of you, your belief system is, I have to pretend I don't care what people think about me. Some of you is, I have to make this money. I gotta make this money. I gotta make this money. This is all I'm good for. I gotta make this money. I gotta give up my body. I gotta, have to, I gotta sex him up because this is all I'm good for. If I don't do this, they won't love me. And I'm going to be alone. And it goes on and on and on. What you've got to do is to get into a place of prayer. Get you some counseling. Read a book. Find out what your belief system is. Because you cannot discern it yourself. You have a broken self that has belief systems that creates blind spots. You can't figure this out yourself. You got blind spots. Don't fall for your blind spots. Now this one both scares me 
man, it breaks my heart. It scares me because I don't want to be out there operating, messing up, saying things, doing things, leading in the wrong direction because my broken self has a belief system that creates blind spots. There are things that I just don't see. You all, I give you permission right now and let me speak to the ministers that minister with me. Please tell me when there are things that I just don't see. Don't let me go out like that. Y'all promise me. Don't let me go out there. Y'all know preachers and pastors stuff that go out like that. Ain't nobody following them. Everything falls apart. They don't have a lick of anointing, and they don't even seem to know it. Y'all, please don't let me go out like that. Y'all promise y'all tell me if I got blind spots. I don't want to go out like that. That scares me. But it breaks my heart because the hardest person for me to pastor the hardest person to run to minister to is the one with blind spots. You can't tell them anything because they just don't see it. They are so convinced of their belief system, of their BS, that they can't see anything else. We all know some folks, and you can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them they're mean. They just tell you you're too sensitive. You can't tell them they're arrogant. They say they're just confident. You can't tell them they're aggressive. They'll say, I'm just assertive. You can't even tell them that they ain't no good at that. They'll say, you're just too critical. You can't tell them they're too hard on folks. You say the rest of y'all just pushovers. You can't tell them that their eating behavior is killing them. Because they just going to tell you about all the other folks that's sicker than them that's eating that rabbit food. And they ain't doing no better than me. If you tell them anything they don't want to hear, they will attack you back with all the stuff that they know you don't want to hear. Blind spots. Blind spots are places that you can't see. In a car, blind spots. They cause you to move where you shouldn't be. And when you move where you shouldn't be, you run into stuff that causes damage. So it's the same in your life. When you have blind spots, when you have the wrong motive, we mean motive is, motive is movement, when you have the wrong motive, and you, don't, you won't even know it until you run into something and cause damage. That first divorce may have been them. But the third bad marriage, boo, that's you. That that first church hurt could have been them. But this your fifth church, and you hurt again, that's you. You don't have any friends you can depend on. Nobody really appreciates you. That's you. You done lost another job? This boss don't like you either? None of your kids want to be around you? This is the fifth person that done told you the same thing? Maybe you might have some blind spots. Don't fall for the BS. So the broken self has some belief systems that creates blind spots 
which contaminates your motives. It speaks to motives. In a court of law, in a court of law, when they ask probing questions, they ask these questions because they believe every crime tends to have a motive. And so, even though the other lawyer might say, I object, that lawyer would say, uh, Your Honor, it speaks to motive. So why do you want what you want? Why do you do what you do? Why do you go where you go? Why do you hang with who you hang with? Why do you buy what you buy? Why do you eat what you eat? Why do you speak like you speak? Why are you working like you working? Why do you love like you love? It speaks to motive. And all of us have to level up our motives. Well, here's the good news. It's the second Corinthians chapter 10. It says the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, also known as carnal. The weapons are, our weapons are divinely powerful. Uh, the Bible says mighty through God, meaning divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, or as we call it, the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what are the weapons for this particular war, this war for the purification of our motives? He tells you what we got to do. We're destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that is setting itself up against the true knowledge of God. What else are we doing? And we are taking every thought and purpose and motive captive to the, ob <coughs> to the obedience of Christ. So watch this. A weapon is anything that can be used to cause damage to your enemy, to defend yourself, or to get yourself out of the enemy's hand and plan. Some of y'all need to get yourself out of the enemy's hand. Most of us need to get ourselves out of his plan. <laughs> now, it doesn't have to be a weapon to be used as a weapon. But the moment that it's used to cause damage to the enemy, now it's a weapon. A chair is not a weapon. But one thing down in Alabama. Uh, the moment that it's used to cause damage to the enemy, now it's a weapon. So watch this. If the devil uses your broken self as a weapon against you and your destiny, then salvation becomes a weapon that is though that is not carnal, but is mighty through God. It is divinely powerful. Salvation is not a weapon, but it can be used as a weapon. Wow, so see, salvation is the all-inclusive word of the gospel. Everything that God wanted to do for us, he wrapped it up in one word. He called it being saved. So salvation, being saved, means rescue. It means preservation. It means wholeness. It means healing. It means the forgiveness of your sins. It means granting of eternal life. It means release for captivity. Being saved means all of that. So one of the things that salvation includes is healing. Salvation heals the broken self. Heals it. it. It makes it whole. It needs to make whole. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. So really, you just need to be saved. Well, Pastor, 
I've been saved for a while. And Pastor, you were saved when you had all them BS things going on in your life. That's because you don't understand salvation. Saved is not one event. Saved is not, I said this in his prayer, now I'm saved. Saved is not one event. As us Bible teachers would say, salvation is threefold in its execution. We have been saved. We will be saved. But every day, we're being saved right now. So you can use salvation as a weapon. We have been saved from our sins. We will be saved in the end from eternal damnation. And we'll go to heaven and we'll be saved completely in the end. But every day that word salvation also means healing. It means wholeness. It means preservation. Every day we are being saved. So you just really need to be saved. We, 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 we and use our salvation as a weapon against the enemy. And then you just add the name of Jesus on top of that. And it sounds a little something like this. Father in the name of Jesus, save me, heal me, make me whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. I pull down the fortress of the belief systems that are coming from my broken self. I cast down the sophisticated arguments that are in my head that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I bring every thought into captivity. I bring every motive into captivity. I command my thoughts to be aligned with the truth of God. Purify my motives. Renew my mind. Give me a clean heart. And that'll take care of the broken self. And then you use the word of God as a mighty weapon to dismantle those arguments. To get rid of the belief systems. Use the word of God for that. It's a mighty weapon. Stuff like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I am accepted in the beloved. He has loved me with an everlasting love. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. And that takes care of the belief systems. And then you need to stay filled up with the Holy Spirit. Because he is the spirit of truth. And you use his truth that's living inside of you as another weapon against the blind spots, against the all, against all of it, but especially against the blind spots. Uh, as you walk more and more filled with the spirit, every time those old thoughts come up to try to control your actions and try to contaminate your motives, the Holy Spirit will guide you away from the BS and into the truth. So I must admit, that much of my life was driven by the wrong motives. But funny, because except for the sinful things that I was motivated to do before, I'm still pretty much doing the same thing. But my motives are purer. They're cleaner. They're truer. Because I've been in ministry all my life, and I'm gonna live the rest of my life loving on people, leading them to Christ, leading them to change, 
and leading them to purpose. I'm going to spend the rest of my life teaching this generation what it means to know, to love, and to serve God. I love, I lead, I pray, I give. I go out into the community for the purpose of evangelism, and I bring in a crowd for the purpose of worship, and I worship with y'all and get a congregation that comes together for the purpose of fellowship. And after we fellowship, I, I pour into the committed who come together for the purpose of discipleship. And of those that have been discipled, I'm developing and training a core for the purpose of ministry to go back out in the community. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But now, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because I love the Lord. He heard him cry. And he pitied every cold. And every cold right here. But when he called Peter back, he didn't ask Peter, why did you leave me hanging on the cross? Why did you tell those people you didn't know me? Why would you have you been hiding? He didn't want to know all that. All he wanted to know was, Peter, do you love me? That's the only motive Jesus cared about. Do you love me? So why? Can I tell you why? Because I love the Lord. Can I tell you why? Because I must work the works of him that sent me while it is there. Can I tell you why? Because he's walking in me to will and to do after his good pleasure. Can I tell you why? Because they laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Can I tell you why? Because if I suffer with him, I'll reign with him. Can I tell you why? Because I present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. It's my motive. He's my reason. He's my why. Y'all don't fall for the BS. Don't fall for your broken self. Don't fall for your belief systems. Don't fall for your blind spots. Because your broken self has belief systems that create blind spots which contaminate your motives. And God is concerned about your motives. There is a sucker born every minute. But I thank God I've been born again. And I ain't born no sucker this time. I will not fall for the BS. And neither will you. And so you lose your salvation for the weapon to heal your broken self. You use the word of God for the weapon that destroys your belief system. You use the spirit of truth for the weapon that helps you with your blind spots. I finally got a new car. It ain't new, but it's new to me. And on this car, when you drive it, it, it still has blind spots. I ran into two of them on the way over here. <laughs> but on this car, in that side mirror, there's a little light. That now, if there's something in my blind spot, that light starts flashing. And my car starts beeping. And y'all, that's what the Holy Spirit is for. Why, if you get filled up with the Holy Spirit, if you got a blind spot, and you get ready to make the wrong move and the wrong motive, 
start beeping. That thing will start flashing. That thing will start grabbing at you and tell you, don't move right now, baby. There's something in your blinds. So you don't have to fall for the BS. You just need to be saved. Uh, every day, save me. Heal me. Make me whole. And today, the anointing of God has been here all day. And the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. If you can get around your blind spot long enough, if you can put your belief system at bay, healing is in this room. I feel the anointing. And I, and I feel it in this hand right here. That God is here today. He got to start at the beginning, which is to heal you from those broken places. God is in the room to heal the broken self. If you'll be honest enough to admit it, you know what broke you. And I know you think the stuff you think is real, but the word of God came today to let you know, baby, you got some blind spots. I want to purify your motives. It's important to him. And I want to lay hands on those of you that will accept healing today. Lord, heal my broken self. You will meet me at this altar. We're a church that believes in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. God sent this word because he's healing. He sent his word to heal them. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Forgive me for everything I believed wrong. Forgive me for every motive that was not right. And I'll live for you the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. that you said that God saved you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Yes. You got the book before? Uh, just make sure we have his information and give him that book. We may have given it to him before. Thank God. Thank God for you. We believe if you said that prayer in a minute that you are born again. And you're not born a sucker this time. <laughs> but you need a church home. You need a place to grow. You need a place to continue to heal. We would love to be your church family. And so if you, you can raise your hand now and say, I know this is a church I want to join. 
if you could go to the to the welcome table uh, right after and we'll sign you up to become a member and to start our growth track. And uh, if you're online, you put in the comments that you said that prayer today for the first time and we'll be in touch with you. If you want to be connected to us, put that in the comments as well. Or you can always go to New Antioch-Alianti.org, push the connect button. We would love for you to be a part of this family. Amen. That's our service for today. I'm going to turn it over to our co-pastor. Thank you all. She will thank you all about the fall fest and remind you that we are still getting all the things that I do want to put on your calendar. November 18th from 10 to 1, we're having the scholarship, the Stella Mason Parsons Scholarship Brunch. You all are invited. The information is on the uh, on our websites. You can see the, uh, not the websites, well that too, but the information will be on our Facebook pages. And our, um, it's uh, $50, but it's a scholarship brunch. And I know that New Antioch is, uh, Aliante will be buying the tables, but we need to fill up uh, our table as well. I just want to just give some love to uh, Dr. Rosalind Coffey. Yeah. 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 to Minister Chaplain Sharon. That was ordained as a chaplain here in the city on yesterday. Your family here loves you and appreciates you. Amen. And Pastor's going to come talk about prayer week. And some other stuff. God bless you, Pastor Shuman. Amen. Let's thank God for our pastor. Amen. Now she labors. She labors in the word for us to bring us some good stuff. We don't get leftovers. We get fresh served dishes all the time. I know y'all think y'all getting fresh served dishes when y'all listen to Jake's and Furtick. Those leftovers. Sometimes the leftovers be good. I like leftovers too, but when it's fresh baked for you. And that's what we get here from our pastor. So we thank God for our pastor. Um, it is prayer week in the house. If you don't know what prayer week is, over here in the house of Antioch, we take the first Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every month, and all three campuses come together and we pray. It is our seed for the whole month, and so we invite everyone to come out. Prayer week is here each night, here at the Aliante campus at 6 p.m., 6 to 7, 15. We invite everybody to come out and be a part of prayer and fasting. We fast that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's this coming Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We are doing the Daniel's fast for the whole three days. And so we're having nothing but fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. Whole grains is uh, brown rice and beans and nuts and things like that. But that's it. That's all that we do. And I know some of us skip the fasting part. We even skip the prayer part. But there's some things, y'all, that we can't get away from. The basics we have to keep. It's like you being a basketball player and saying, I don't like to dribble no more. Well, you can't do it if you're not dribbling. It's like you being a football player, like, I don't like the run game no more. Well, you can't run, then. You can't play the game if you're not running. That's the same thing with our lifestyle. You can't drop out the basics and say, I want the rest of it. You have to keep the fasting, and you have to keep the prayer. Y'all, that's what makes your cake tight. And so come with us on this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Stay tight in the basics. 
and pray and fast with us. And so we'll be here again at 6 o'clock to 7.15. We got our ministers that will come on and they give a small word and then we go back to prayer. Um, one of the things that God has been talking to us about and even at the prayer conference, he said the same thing that God's been telling us. We got to build up some stamina in prayer. Some of us don't have no stamina in prayer. We got a hot five minutes that we bored and our minds are drifting and we gone. But it's the basic, y'all, that we have to build up. And so join us here. We'll be here right here at 6 o'clock to 7.15, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday with fasting. Um, the Daniel's fast, fruit, vegetables, and whole grain. Come on, tell your body no. Tell yourself this what we doing. Tell your new self and not your broken self, because your broken self is telling you that you cannot fast. But your new same self, your new same self wants to fast. It wants what's best for you. And so you all join us back here um, for that. Thank you, everyone who helped with our fall fest. Thank you, thank you. We had almost 300 people to come through the fall fest. Some was us, some was our community. Uh, Pastor Rodney did an amazing job with the rides, with all of the games. Uh, we leveled up on that. The food was excellent. And I, I don't even want to bring up, I don't even want to bring it up. Bring on the chili. Bring on the chili. Come on and bring it out, Keith. I don't even want to bring it out. Yeah, yeah, she won't bring it out. That's all right. That's all right. Dessert bacon. I just was standing next to one lady after the the chili cook-off was over, and she said, "Give me my chili pie." I ain't gonna look in her direction. But we had fun, y'all. We had fun. And I want y'all to know that we had some fun with the chili cook-off. Let me just say this. Let me just say this, Monique. I have entered the, the chili cook-off for four years in a row. We've been doing it for four years. Okay. I enter every year. I ain't won yet. You won? You did? Well, what is she?
It's just about having fun. Y'all, we can have fun in church, too. Yeah, we can. We can have a good time. And so that's what we did. It really ain't no big old prize for the contest. It's only about bringing rights and having fun. So thank you all for being here. Every volunteer, everybody that can uh, stay, help clean up. It was a blast. Was um, and so again, I congratulate Ms. Sharon McKinney and also Dr. Roz on your accomplishment. Yeah. The Bible tells yeah. us to celebrate with one another. Y'all, we winning. We winning. If they're winning, we're winning. And so we celebrate together. And so that is all that we have uh, for today. Um, meet us back here for prayer week. And we get a small break. Um, and that is all that we have. You got something, Pastor? Oh. oh, okay, yes, y'all. We have a team that is going on missions to Belize. Um, Pastor Agatha, who is from the House of Nancy out, but really from the Aliante campus also. She is a Camp church. We do have a community of churches here that our pastor sits over, and she is open to church in Belize, that big of Belize. And so Pastor Carson and Minister Val and also Angela are going um, to Belize. And so y'all, and you all fly out when now? Oh, Friday morning. And so we are praying for the team, praying for their travel, praying for the ministry that God has for them on the ground. I told y'all, you have to know what your church is up to. You have to know what your church is doing. Reverend DJ is not here on today. We also have a mission team that goes over to Nairobi, Kenya, to my ch uh, Chaco's Kenya. I've been on that team. It is amazing, y'all. Your church is doing some great things. We also support a high school over there. And so let's stand all over the place. We are praying for our, our teams and for our pastors. And if you did not have a chance to give, please do so. We do need your giving. We're launching off the tower. We can give. You can also give your tithe, your offering. Um, Monique is in the back if you need to swipe a card. Cash app is new. A Aliante. You can give that way. You can also text give 779-772. All one word. Um, let me just say, I so love my church. I love y'all and I appreciate you all um, coming to worship with us, to serve with us, to laugh with us, to have a good time. And y'all, we grow it together. And so I thank you for the healing that is on place on today. Um, and I do encourage you that if you didn't even come up to the altar, that sometime this week that you are praying and asking God, God, heal my broken self. Because some of us didn't come up because we got blind spots and we don't think we're broken. And so I pray for all of us, God, that you're healing our blind spots. Let us pray. Father God, we just say thank you for today. Thank you for our pastor's heart. Thank you for her, her servanthood, God. Would you bless her and bless her real good? Would you pour out? Oh, God, as they endeavor, oh, God, as they go out on this mission field, I thank you that you have already gone before them. I thank you that health is set in their body. Oh God, there's nothing that they shall intake or come near that will make them ill. I thank you, oh God, for the nourishment that you shall provide. I thank you, oh God, for safe travel that you have there hemmed in on all sides. I thank you for the camaraderie of the team that they will move, oh God, as a unit in the name of Jesus. I thank you that all resources are met and that they shall not lack anything. Holy Spirit, 
step, that you are in need, they're kind, and that you are ordering their steps, Lord of hosts. I said thank you that you are fighting for them, even right now, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, how we bless you. I thank you for these your people, oh God. I thank you that we are being healed even right now, saved even right now. Oh God, as we go, I thank you that we shall not remain the same, but that you, oh God, are making us better and better. And so, God, we just said thank you, oh God. Bless us as we head off into this prayer week. And God, we just said thank you and we bless you as we look for just one. Let us find that one, God, that we can make an introduction to you. Bless you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And thank you, God. Y'all love somebody as you go out.